If you're a veteran or military spouse of early stage startup or small business and feel like you're making it up as you go, then you've come to the right place. Welcome to The Transition, where we demystify the entrepreneur experience for veterans and military spouses who've already made or are looking to make the transition from the military into entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Iron Mike Stedman, the voice of The Bunker. I'm a Marine Corps veteran, social entrepreneur, and member of the Bunker Labs branding team. On this episode of The Transition, I'm joined by Haley Marie McLean-Hill, an NFL cheerleader, entrepreneur, and soon-to-be transitioning Air Force officer. For those of you who've been listening to the show for a while, you know that one of my goals has been to discuss entrepreneurship with a veteran in the process of transitioning. And thanks to Haley, I finally have an opportunity to do so on the show. Haley reached out to me via Instagram after coming across the transition on the Bunker Labs website and asked for some advice regarding her venture, Torch Warrior Wear an LA-based clothing brand for modern-day women warriors. I invited Haley on the show to learn more about her entrepreneurial journey and discuss some of the challenges she's facing along the way. She also brought some questions of her own, and hopefully the advice I gave her will resonate with a lot of you all in the early phases of launching your own ventures. Before you hear from Haley and I, make sure you subscribe to the Transition Newsletter at the link in the show notes. I send out a newsletter at least once a week, and if there's topics you'd like me to cover either on the show or in the newsletter, feel free to shoot me an email at mike.stedman at bunkerlabs.org. This episode of The Transition is brought to you by the MetLife Foundation and their commitment to supporting veteran and military spouse entrepreneurs. In addition, the foundation also provides mentorship and financial health resources to veterans and military spouses transitioning into the workforce. As always, I hope you enjoyed today's show and that accelerates you on your own entrepreneurial journey. Haley, welcome to The Bunker. What's going on? Hey, Mike. Thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. Listen, I got excited because Haley actually reached out to me via Instagram and uh, was inquiring about the transition, let me know a little bit about our venture. And for those of you that have been listening for a while, you probably remember that, you know, one of the the targets I was going after, too, were service members that were just in the process of transitioning. Either they would transition within a year or, you know, a couple of months uh, before they got out. And uh, Haley is finding herself right in that position. How long until you transition out? I have six months. So six months. Mm-hmm. And she's already launched her venture, which is called Torch. And uh, do you go ahead? Do you mind um, explaining to our uh, listeners, first of all, who you are? Because I just start <laughs> jumping in. And then also talk to us about Torch. Absolutely. So hey guys, I'm Haley. I am 27 years old from Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. I have been in the Air Force for three and a half years and I commissioned out of Air Force ROTC at Penn State. Um, I moved out to California. My first station was in Atlanta, Georgia as a recruiter. And when they pushed me out here to California, um, COVID hit and it was, you know, all, I was just getting bored. And honestly, I just started realizing how I wanted to preoccupy my time in a way that I was giving back to my community. And so I came up with Torch and Torch is a modern female clothing brand for military women, specifically law enforcement also and first responders also. But I turned our t-shirts that we have to wear under our uniforms into base layer bodysuits. So nicer material, more form fitting, more feminine. And then you don't have to worry about tucking in your shirt anymore. So it's in all the colors that we wear with our OCPs with whatever branch that you're in. And it has been 
such a journey. I also am embroidering each one with the word fearless on it just because of everything we go through. It's important to remember to be fearless in who you are. What's cool about this too is that Haley is, like you said, you're still in the process of transitioning. So you're able to, I don't know, you you are kind of like the person on the outside looking in the bunker, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, so explain to our listeners how you first found out about Bunker Labs. Definitely. So I went to a CrossFit competition. Um, actually, it was a couple of weeks ago. It was over my birthday down in San Diego. And I was talking to a female and who was competing. And she was like asking me about my business, about the military. And she reached out to me later that day and said, hey, I found this thing called Bunker Labs. I think this would be super helpful for your business. And you should totally reach out and ask them like what they're all about. Love it. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, you know, one of the things that we do on the transition is uh, we take off our armor. All right. Mm -hmm. And this is where, you know, like I'm open and honest about this. A lot of people are lying and pretending on social media. That's not what we do here at the bunker. You know, we try to keep it honest so that our entrepreneurs can get accelerated. And so we love for you to take off your armor and talk to us about something you're struggling with as a, are you a first time founder or is this your, have you launched multiple ventures? This is, it's funny to say, I actually started two businesses around the same exact time. Um, so I am a first founder, but I have two businesses right now. So my other business is a women's retreat business where I bring women together and we go on amazing trips and I just treat them like princesses. So it's super fun, but it's a completely different area. So I'm very new in both areas, the product and then the experience side of the business. Um, I guess the biggest challenge, right? The biggest challenge that I'm, I'm facing right now with Torch specifically is like balancing inventory. Do I want to expand? Do I want to get somebody to come and invest, give me some money so that I can branch out? You know, my goal would be to be like the Lululemon of the military, if that makes sense. Like all of these other brands, all these other tactical gear companies, they are very geared towards men and like they have their little one-offs for women and stuff like that but it's for someone who's lived this life for you know eight and a half years including rotc it's like i know exactly what we need and what we want and i know what to put into it but i don't necessarily have like the capital to be like okay i'm gonna put socks hats long sleeves short sleeves leggings, sports bras, this, blah, 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 like to get all of those different things that I know we need right away. So I'm focusing on one thing right now, but I'm struggling to see when I should take that next step into like expanding my inventory. Yeah, I call that punching above your weight where we're trying to get to that next level. And we can talk about it some more uh, on today's interview because, you know, like I said, with you being, you know, just in the process of transitioning, right? I think this can also be a great case study for a lot of our early stage uh, founders that are tuning in today. So one of the interesting things about Haley that she didn't mention is she is also an NFL cheerleader. So I forgot to talk about that when we first logged on. So you mind expanding upon that for our listeners? Of course. Oh, my gosh. So um, since I was young, I was a dancer, gymnast, was heavily involved in all different types of styles, jazz, tap, hip hop, Broadway type styles, anything. And um, when I got into high school, I saw the opportunities with cheerleading were to be very involved in my school and to kind of boost my resume. So I reached out to the team, made the team, and I was kind of sold on it, honestly. And then once college came around, I decided to try out for the college team. I received a scholarship through ROTC to Penn State. So I was like, might as well try out for the Penn State cheer team. Made it, 
and it was amazing. So when I commissioned, I never thought about like NFL cheerleading really when I was younger, but I saw that it was predominantly dance, but you also had to have that cheer background to be able to give that NFL style. So um, I moved down to Atlanta. The Air Force told me you're going to be smack dab in the middle of Atlanta. And I said, sounds great. I'm going to try for the Atlanta Falcons. I was actually recruited by the Miami Dolphins when I was in college to cheer for them. But of course, the Air Force was like, nope, you're going to Atlanta. So I said, all right, guys, sorry, I got the opportunities. I can't seize that one, but I'm going to go after Atlanta. And I had an incredible mentor. The biggest thing with NFL cheerleading is to kind of know someone who's been in that organization, just like anything, you know, and like have them mentor you through the process. Because there's about 300 girls that try out every year for a team. They only are going to pick like 28 to 36. So, and then that's not even including the returning vets that are coming back. So usually you're only having like a window of 10 girls that they're going to be bringing on who have, you know, to fill in those spots. So Atlanta was my first team. It was unreal cheering in, you know, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, Drop Top Stadium. And I, you know, I cheered at Penn State, which was 110,000 people, which is incredible. Another experience. But with, like, the professionalism of cheering in the NFL, there's just something really special about it. And we, I mean, we got to travel to Hong Kong. We were in, like, a Chinese New Year parade. You know, I was – we only cheer the home games also. So my schedule isn't as crazy as people think that it is. I can handle being in the Air Force also because practices are usually at night for, like, two hours, maybe twice a week. And then we have games on Sundays. And then if we have a game on a Monday night or a Thursday night, I'll just take leave for the day, which is completely easy. It's like my little side job. Um, we don't get paid too much. You're, you're supposed to have another job on the side. So this is just – my job being in the air force and then my side gig is being a cheerleader and so when i moved out to california COVID hit they weren't doing any tryouts or anything like that with the teams and i couldn't cheer for a year and then this year i decided to try out for the niners and so now i'm cheering for the niners and i'm a rookie again so going through um the growing pains of understanding this new team but it has been an incredible experience we're almost done with our season so when someone asks you what do you do between entrepreneur, between cheerleader, between Air Force officer, you know, what do you tell them? First and foremost, I am in the Air Force. I am an Air Force officer. Um, second of all, I'm an NFL cheerleader. And third of all, I'm a brand new entrepreneur that is just launched, you know, this year in 2021. So I'm just figuring it all out. So talk to us about how you're approaching your transition. You know, this is a trying time for a lot of people. I like to tell people it takes about three years to fully transition, you know, and then from three to five, you really like start to come into your own, you know, but uh, it's, it's a lot of, how do I say this? A lot of people are nervous about it. So I'm curious to hear, you know, how you're approaching it, given that you do have this diverse background, what you're thinking about, you know, driving, uh, where they're going to take a job, or you're going to focus on torch full time, et cetera. Sure. So the Air Force actually has approved me to be in the Skillbridge program. So I will be doing that. I'll be starting that on the 31st of December all the way up until my terminal leave starts in June. And then my last day is, the, is June 29th. So it's a really awesome program. Have you ever talked about it or should I get into it? Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Um, so basically you can intern with a company of your choice. They just kind of changed the program a little bit, but I got in right before they like had an approved list. So I'm actually doing it with Sports Illustrated. Um, I reached out to them and it's your responsibility to go out and find that internship. Um, 
And so I reached out and they had an opportunity and I will be starting with them in their event coordinating, um, marketing side of things. They're going to have me kind of see everything that they do. And then, you know, from then I have the opportunity if I, if I'm doing well or whatever, to potentially be employed by Sports Illustrated. Um, for me, when it comes to the transition process, my entire life, I feel like I've always tried to set myself up for when I have so many options and I'm so like a jack of all trades where it's like, maybe that's not the best thing, but I mean, as an officer too, you're not supposed to be right. Like all up in the details all the time with everything. That's my enlisted job. But like, for me, I like to see the big picture of things and I like to be very well-rounded. So when I decided to get out of the military, I knew that it, I knew what I wanted. I knew I wanted to be able to travel the world and to be able to give back and bring women together and then focus on fashion and just start doing things that Haley really wants to do. I've always kind of focused on what is the right thing to do. And like, even in college, I was a math major. Like, what are the things that are going to make me look good? Like, struggle now so then you can succeed later, that type of thing. And so now I feel like I'm in a place I have done all the struggling. I've, you know, gone through all the math classes. I've been in the Air Force. I've done, it, it hasn't been all awful, but it's like, I've done all the things that I needed to do. So now I want to do the things that I want to do. So like you said, like, I'm trying to figure out exactly what I want to do. Cause I have so many things now that I could go into. I could stay with Sports Illustrated. I could potentially go into coaching for like NFL cheerleading. I could potentially, you know, go full-time with my job. You know, it's funny. Um, I'm actually going through a breakup right now. So it happens. Yeah, it's brutal. And um, it's funny, though, because I see that this time is so there's so much coming and it's it's overwhelming. But at the same time, I know that these things that are happening right now, the breakup or me like going more into torture, me going into this, everything is supposed to happen the way that it's supposed to. And I'm trying to take everything day by day and say, Haley, don't overwhelm yourself with what's about to happen. But understand that, like, if you stay present and get to know yourself a little bit more now, instead of taking years to be like, who are you outside of the military? I'm trying to take that time now and in this internship and with cheerleading and to see what really I love. And then that kind of I'm trying to make that kind of like my safe, my safe space so I don't get too nervous. That makes right. Sense. Something to anchor on to while you go through this transition process. Correct. Where did this entrepreneur bug come from? Is this comes from your family or was it just something you were always just like, I want to be an entrepreneur? No, this came out of nowhere. Um, my dad, you know, he 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 is an entrepreneur, but I never really looked at him like that. He started his own trucking company and I was like, oh, like, you know, my dad kind of does that. and He lives in Virginia, but um, we never really talked heavily into entrepreneurship. And honestly, where it came from was the need and the problem that I saw. I was in the military for you know again eight and a half years and i woke up one day and i had like i was about to be late for work i had gone out the night before and i had worn like a bodysuit you know a lot of women wear that with jeans and like heels or something and i was like trying to get dressed all quickly throw my t-shirt on and i was like wait like why can't this be my undershirt it's the same cut it's the same everything it just has to be the right color and that's where it came from. I started asking questions and I'm like, why don't we have something like this? And no one was thinking about it. So I just went for it. I love it. Um, I love it. And what are you doing to like educate yourself now as you're going through that entrepreneurial process? Obviously you're listening to the transition. Shout out to Lindsay Hanger for, uh, I think that was the episode that you came across, but what else are you 
you doing to improve your business acumen? Oh my gosh. I'm a big believer in coaching and mentoring and relationships and people that have been there before. So I hired a business coach and her name is Shannon and she's phenomenal. And she has walked me through the process of like starting with like getting my LLC, potentially getting a patent, potentially getting a trademark, the financial part of things, the, um, the permits that I need to get. And I've had a couple of their mentors along the way that I've just reached out to through LinkedIn or whatever. I'm a very like, I need to attach myself to the people that have been there who have done it. And so, um, that's really the biggest thing that I've done. And then constant YouTube, constant shark tank, constant, um, just like little things following other female entrepreneurs on Instagram who have done their own clothing brand, anything like that. Um, and then, you know, my biggest thing I'm realizing my strengths too, which is the marketing side of things. I love social media. I love content creating all those types of things. And I'm seeing what other people are doing and I'm making like my brand. And so I'm focusing on what I'm strong, like, I'm making sure that what I'm good at is really good. And then I'm taking my time learning those types of things. I'm, I'm also signing up for random sessions and um, support groups with other female entrepreneurs. And then I'm going to SHOT Show. Have you heard of SHOT Show in Vegas? I have. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I found a DOD distributor who we talked with in the very beginning of when I was thinking about Torch. I was completely confused on how the whole starting of clothing brand even started so I thought the distributor would know because they have all the stuff but it's not it's the manufacturers and all that stuff um and so we kind of made a really good relationship and I'm going to go with them to SHOT Show and they're going to kind of let me be their intern per se and see how they navigate the space of the tactical world all right so let's let's do this let's think through Torch and it's Torch by Haley right Haley Marie yes Torch by Haley Marie. all right let's think through this process together okay so one of the things, and feel free to push back if you want, because I was just writing about this today. When we're first launching a venture, right, a lot of people try to sacrifice cleverness instead of going after strict clarity. And so one of the things I like to advise uh, entrepreneurs on early on is, you know, be clear in your description what your venture is for your ideal customer. So what do I mean by that, right? So a lot of clothing brands, you know, Torch, you use the example of Torch, but you know, Lululemon wasn't always the Lululemon we know now. Correct. You know, I don't know what they first started out, but people start to identify Lululemon with like the athleisure wear, which is like mm -hmm. something that they wrote out. So, you know, one of the things I'm thinking about is like, how can you, since you're like a performance apparel, you know, you're for people, women that are active, right? Is there something you can put in the name that gets to that right away? You know, so instead of leading with just Oh, you know, Haley Marie, but like torch athletic apparel for women or something along those lines. What are your thoughts on that? So I do have a tagline and it's, you know, for modern day women warriors. Um, and I, I get it. I, I think it is a more vague word, a vague title. And I came up with torch because I actually started like a personal training type of thing. And I wanted to do like a six week an eight week and a 12 week program or whatever. And I named them all different things. And my first one, like initial one was light the torch. And I've always been fascinated with like fire. I'm a fire sign. I'm a Sagittarius. I'm a very fiery personality. Everyone says I have a big light about me. So I was like fire torch. And then I was thinking like carrying the torch for other women, like being leading the way. And um, 
I feel like I'm when I I have to explain it and hopefully one day it gets big enough where people are like that's the meaning behind it but my tagline I'm hoping kind of shows that it's like for modern day women warriors and it's broad enough where it doesn't keep me in like the military space but it also is like showcases it's for women who are go-getters and you know they sacrifice and they're part of something bigger than themselves as a warrior so I want you to think about this right I how do I say this? Your company is on a book, right? At Barnes and Nobles, mm-hmm. right? Porch, mm-hmm. right? I walk into Barnes and Nobles and there is, I don't know, a hundred thousand books. This is like the, the Mecca of Barnes and Nobles in New York city. I want to walk by your book and say, that's for me. You know, I wanted to grab my attention and pull it in. And again, the reason I bring this up was I was at a pop-up this weekend in New York city, my girlfriend's pop-up. And I'm always noticing all these makers and they've all got these cute and clever names, but it's so confusing to figure out what it is that they actually do. Mm. And so then you got to go and you got to start asking questions. You got to inquire. Well, when we're a bootstrapped entrepreneur early on, we need to go after customers who are already looking for solutions to the problem that we're solving for them are already actively spending money. And we want to pull them in right away because we don't have the big marketing and advertising budgets to go through all this clarity and run commercials and do all this other stuff so that they know what Coca-Cola is, you know, or what just Coke is. But again, Coca-Cola, what is cola? Oh, it's a soda, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I try to encourage, encourage a lot of first time and early stage founders to really go after clarity early on. So put athletic wear, put whatever right into the brand. So it takes the guessing away. Because we don't want them to guess. We want them to spend money. And the easiest way to do that is to be crystal clear about who we are and what we do. And everything that you're talking about with regards to what torch means, the heart and soul of it, that's your brand. So that's your core values. That's your core purpose. That's your bold beliefs. And all of that is going to build the foundation of what your brand stands upon. And then we're going to take that and then we're going to apply it into the messaging. Right. But for the early days, right, that first I would I'm gonna say that first year, you know, we need to be clear. Hey, you know, torch athletic wear or whatever. Is that making sense so far? One hundred percent. One hundred percent. And I will definitely think about how I can I know I'm a very creative thinker too. I'm like, how can I be? But you're so right. Cause I've had a lot of people who are like, Oh, what is this? What is this? And I'm like, I have to explain it. Totally. That's a great that's great advice. The other thing, let's think about this, okay? Mm-hmm. You're an NFL cheerleader. You're an Air Force officer. You're a Penn State alum, okay? You got a lot going for you. When we first start, right, we try to start going after all these crowds that have no idea who we are. You know, people do business with people they like, know, and trust. Who already likes, knows, and trusts you? Or better yet, has a reason to trust you, even if we've never met. It's going to be Penn State alumni. Mm-hmm. It's going to be... uh veterans okay and what else um probably cheerleaders nfl cheerleaders okay i would argue that your first go to market right i where you're going to drive the revenue the most initially is to leverage those existing networks that you already have you know observe and look and see like hey what are they doing how are they um what kind of gear they're buying right and how can you provide a product that basically complements it right? Or gives them a better alternative. And the nice thing about this is because you're from these communities, you can already look and see 
where you know your perfect customer that ideal buyer is already spending money so what are female uh female veterans spending money on currently what kind of apparel are they spending on what's important to them and then that way you can carve out your own niche and drive demand to your brand instead of trying to reinvent the wheel from scratch right so there's this myth about a one aspect of it right competition is good because it lets us know that there's a market demand and people are already spending money so there's money in the space versus trying to swim upstream right where people are not listen the number one reason businesses go under is because no market need mm -hmm. so one of the ways to avoid that is to carve out a niche in an existing market where there's already demand and claim it as our own so specifically you can create that product for like you said female veterans law enforcement etc um but i want to know right now where is the most of your margin coming from right who is spending the most money on your product today air force and army women and cadet, and cadets and cadets i would mm -hmm. own that you know because we talk about different verticals right you got the uh, first responders which kind of overlap with military etc yeah. but in terms of you only have so much time effort and energy to focus Correct. and i would say focus on female veterans mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and how much is your your materials i mean how much does your product cost it's pretty high right now it's like 20 23 dollars and i'm selling them okay. for 59.99 okay so it's pretty high value so you got high it's a high cost right so then we right. start to think okay who can afford this product mm -hmm. more so than any other, right? Mm -hmm. So how much do they need to be bringing in a month? How much do they need to be bringing in a year to afford, you know, purchasing your athletic wear or whatever we're going to brand this as, all right? Mm -hmm. And then we need to position a product in front of them because what you don't want to do, and I used this example previously, sometimes we try to market and we're like the guy standing outside of 7-Eleven trying to sell a mixtape. Right, like, bro, I'm just going in to get a bag of chips. I don't want to listen to your mixtape. Versus, I'm at a music festival. I'm vibing. You're out there handing out mixtapes. I'm like, oh, I'll give it a try, you know. Or better yet, I'm at a jazz event, and you're giving out a jazz mixtape. So you already know I'm interested in jazz. I'm already spending money to go to this concert or wherever this event is at, and I'm gonna be more inclined to listen to new artists, right? So it's more inviting, and so that's what we want to do. Where are you dropping your torch mixtape, right? Where are we getting that traffic from? Mm -hmm. And you're telling me that it's it's veterans, it's female veterans. Mm -hmm. So focus in your effort there. And the nice thing with this is now you're not even going to be as overwhelmed because you can just start and say, okay, where are Penn State alumni that are Air Force veterans in my circle that I can connect with, that I can you know inquire about, hey, would you be interested in trying my product or whatever? absolutely spot on heck yeah all right what are you doing to promote the customers that have already purchased from you to orchestrate referrals i am doing an ambassador program through social media and so the girls are buying their products and then they have a discount code whoever and they they use if someone uses their discount code five times and they're going to get five dollar gift card to torch to then reinvest back into the business so i have about 25 ambassadors right now and is that where the majority of your revenue is coming from referrals coming from the ambassadors no 
majority of them are majority of my sales are coming from me personally reaching out from the Instagram to up to new clients and new customers. And how are you identifying these clients? Ooh, I'm stalking. <laughs> I'm straight up stalking Air Force Academy, Coast Guard Academy, you know, West Point, um, Naval Academy, and then all the ROTCs, all of the um, bases. And it's just like, I do hashtag Air Force women or I go on TikTok or it's like literally stalking people. And then whoever they tag, they're being stalked too. <laughs> Now, what made you realize that you need to go directly to people versus just going on social media, you know, posting and hiding behind, you know, your account? What made you like be proactive and recognize that like business is a contact sport and I need to get out there and start sparring? You know, it was when I was going to start a podcast and me and my friends from college, we were going to start a cheerleading podcast to talk about how cheerleaders are so equipped with being very successful entrepreneurs in the real world because of the team aspect of it. I mean, all the things, all the things that we get from the sport. Um, and so we started an Instagram and my friend who was like kind of leading us, she was like, every day we follow a hundred people and we like their pictures and then we send them a DM. And that's what we're going to do to start bringing people in because, and then we'll go to like the universe, the universal cheer association, Instagram page, see who they're following. And then we follow them. And then we just get those followers that way. So I was like, well, this will definitely work in the military aspect too, because you see what they like, you see what they're going for, and then you follow them, you reach out to them, make them feel special, offer them to be a part of something new and exciting, and they love it. It's been so successful from that, and TikTok's big too. The key word is being social. So what you're talking about is you're actually getting on people's account and you're engaging with them and their content, which is building a relationship. That way they feel more like they're more interested and more curious about what you got going on and we'll listen to your podcast or, you know, follow your business account, et cetera. Not just post, 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 share, 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 me, 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 versus getting out there and saying, hey, like I'm following your account. I'm engaging with you. Let's build together. Yes, empowering them. If they have something on their story, if they just got promoted or something like that, I'm like, congratulations, like all those types of things. And then I'm also going to start a segment where we're highlighting certain women and like, you know, just bringing it, this is us all together, community. All right. So based off of what we just talked about in your mind, who is your perfect customer? This is someone that uh, loves your product, is willing to pay a premium, tell everyone how amazing it is and be a brand ambassador for free. They're like, I don't even need the discount. I just love it so much. Right. I want to promote this on your behalf. If you had to take a best guess, who would that perfect customer be? So age range, it's going to be probably, um, you know, college to first like um goodness okay so i'm putting her on the spot y'all <laughs> but remember what we just talked about right you just said that hey you charge a premium right yeah. so you're you know this is not cheap a lot of college students might not be able to afford it unless the perfect customer is not necessarily the college student right. unless it could be a parent or spouse but continue no i i've been a lot of it is girls who I see in the military, but also have lives outside the military, if that makes sense. Like they're, they're more active on social media. They're, they're traveling and they're putting a lot of their money that they've earned into other things into their life. If that makes sense. I know that's not very clear, but, um, you're getting there. It's close. Yeah. It's like, 
it's like if you had to define it as a person that avatar you know give her a name and just yeah. describe her okay her name is isabella and she is probably like five five and what has maybe used to play sports or do something like that in college and now she is you know trying to now she travels on her free time but also loves to wear lulu and like cute stuff outside of work really likes to work out stay in shape and then in uniform she's trying to you know embrace her femininity femininity in it as well and maybe like feels a little like an outcast a little bit because there's like the stigma of like women not be, having to be too you know can't be too feminine in uniform or whatever most military women are you know whatever all the stigmas that are there um and just the girl that's trying to embrace her um her 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 feminine energy i feel like and i want you to recognize something that you just pulled that you didn't even catch upon you said prior college athlete right so someone who was an athlete in college it could be club sports it could be division one that is now in the military mm -hmm. right and wants to express her femininity mm -hmm. right i hope i got that word right, right? <laughs> but now but now you see what we're doing right we're really pulling on the brand because i was going to ask you here's my next question there's lululemon out there there's mm -hmm. under armor out there there's every freaking fitness instagram model on the internet that is launching a clothing brand how are you positioning torch to be a category of one so that you're not competing with those other brands again i walk into barnes and nobles i see torch and i say that's for me i think it comes down to i mean specifically the vibe that i'm going for with my website because i'm really e-commerce right now with my website and my instagram the pictures that i'm choosing the the um balance between showing not just all military women like to differentiate myself from other tactical gear companies and like Under Armour and stuff like that. Under Armour is not really going to show any military people. They're really not. Lululemon's not either. And so I'm going to be showing that aspect of it. And then all the tactical gear who only show all military, I'm going to show a little bit of the feminine side of it. I'm going to show just the bodysuit. Women, their bodies, like I'm going to show something that's like a little bit of a sex appeal, a little bit. So it's very different. And it's, it's almost contrasting. And people are like, whoa, like what is, what is this? All right, let's think about this. People buy because of a pain, all right? There's a pain that they're trying to solve. Yes. What is the pain that your perfect customer, that uh, prior college athlete who's now serving on active duty or is a veteran, what is the pain that they're trying to solve that is not currently getting solved in the marketplace now? Absolutely. So it's definitely going to be the feeling of the lack of individuality um not being able to express yourself through clothing ever in your uniform you're giving something that's just what you are seven days a week pretty much um i would say the lonely part of it a lot of women it, were the minority in the military so the lack of community i've noticed that i barely have friends i mean let's not even bring up you know being a minority you know it's an actual black female officer there's only maybe three of us on my base here at beale um that feeling of loneliness that feeling of um you know i i've spoke about this with my, my business coach also it's relationships too and feeling like you can't be like like you have to be this interesting mixture of like masculine and feminine and sometimes men get intimidated by that and then 
you know, depending on what your preferences and all that stuff, but some people get intimidated by that and they don't feel like they can mesh well with, um, like, who are you? Are you like a soldier ready to like kill somebody or are you like a, a cute feminine girl? So it's just that finding that balance and like bringing both of those worlds together to feel like one. So I just took down some notes, y'all. I got patriotism. I got community. I've got the loneliness, right? As a Marine officer, African-American officer, I know what it's like to sit at the patrol base and just, you know, sit by yourself, right? Um, and relationships, right? That sense of belonging that you're you're not alone, right? These are all things that you're going to talk about externally. Mm-hmm. You understand? Because here's the deal, right? You're not necessarily innovating from a tech perspective on the product, are you? No. Right? Like you're not like Under Armour and doing all kind of stuff that got them ahead in the curve that now mm-hmm. Nike has caught up to, mm-hmm. right? People are going after brands that they feel like speak to them, you know, that they align with, right? Because if you're not innovating with tech, you're positioning yourself to target a specific audience. And so now you start to bring all this together and you go right after that. And here's what something I want to give our listeners some advice on. When we're rolling out new products, especially as early stage founders, listen, you're not Under Armour, you're not Lululemon, you're not Nike. So when you try to post you know, high quality Nike, Under Armour-ish content, it's not as authentic, you know, versus, you know, you kind of coming from behind the veil and saying, hey, this is our office. I'm kind of doing it out of my apartment right now or whatever, and really inviting people into the brand and allowing them to build the brand with you, mm-hmm. right? So that's your real brand ambassadors is because they recognize where you are and they want to be your champions to help you get to that next level. And then, like you said, driving that sales, driving that revenue, you know, closing a client, asking them, hey, what do you like about the, the material? What can we do better, et cetera? And then how can you encourage them to give you that user generated content? So not just the brand ambassadors like, oh, I'm going to give you a discount. Hey, if you really like this content, we'd love for you to tag us and share it and, you know, pass it on, et cetera, and be more inviting. Yes, yes, Mike, yes. I already have a billion ideas and like that is so true i need to do like a couple instagram lives i need to do like a, i don't know meet the ceo content stuff like that that's good let me ask you this what questions do you have because i know you reached out you were curious about the bunker right mm-hmm. and you're curious about the podcast you know i know i'm giving a lot of advice but i'm curious to know what questions you actually have definitely i think i have three i have three so number one trying to get into BXs, AFIs, you know, getting into other um, stores that would sell your product. What, how do you feel about that? Um, you can answer that one, I guess. All right, let's start with that. Okay. <laughs> so what a lot of times we launch a product or service, we launch a little company, we're bootstrapping, we're hustling. And then we're like, I want to go to JCPenney's or I want to go to freaking, you know, get in the Under Armour store right off the bat or whatever. All right. But there's steps to the game. Okay. Mm-hmm. But one of the cheat codes in the steps are, you know, can we find a channel partner? Can we find someone who is already servicing this client that already has an account with that we can get our, our product into, you know, and a lot of times that might be like a wholesale distributor that serves, you know, one of these bigger outlets, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is going to come down to just pure relationship. So you start looking within your network again, Penn State alum, veteran, mm-hmm. right? NFL cheerleader, right? Mm-hmm. 
that has the connection to potentially get your product in front of some of these larger stores. But here's the deal, right? We also want to make sure that when we do show up to punch above our weight, that we're ready to go, that we've learned all the heartaches, right? That we know we we know how to set the account up. We know how to, you know, charge price. You know, we know all the information we need to be successful because what you don't want to do is you don't want to get this opportunity to go into one of these bigger stores right off the bat and you're raggedy. And they're like, we never want to work with Torch again. They were terrible. So part of it is finding that opportunity to learn by getting a channel partner. I call them a Trojan horse. You know, someone you can come in on, learn under them, you know, go through that process and then build yourself up, build your confidence up. So you're you're you know, you're ready when you do show up. But there's a balance between that. So that's what I, I would think through, because, again, figure out who's already done it. Pick their brain on how they were able to do it. Ask them, what steps do you need? Right. Like what is the no no crap paperwork? You know, what is the back office things that need to be taken care of? That way, when I do get this opportunity, I'm ready to go. Did that answer your question? Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank All you. right. Second question. Grants and like investors. What's it's a good problem? question. So uh, one of the things that we're actually having within Bunker is there's going to be a USA pitch competition to celebrate USA's, you know, 100th anniversary. And they're partnering with Bunker Labs to bring this to life. So there's going to be these competitions going on all over the country. And I'll be sure to put the link for that uh, in the show notes for this episode, as well as promote it on future episodes of The Transition. So get out there and start, you know, um, you can pitch and have an opportunity to receive some non-dilutive capital, which means they're not going to take equity. When we're determining whether or not do we have a venture-backed startup, you know, one of the things you got to start asking yourself is, does your venture meet the venture-backed landscape? So a lot of times, venture investors, they're looking for that, you know, 100x return. So this is a giant market opportunity that they can go after. And they're going to infuse cash in your business. And you're going to forego profitability a lot of times for a while uh, to get users, right? And then, you know, then get profitability eventually. And a lot of times that's what tech platforms, right? So serve, software as a service, et cetera. Correct. Apparel is a little bit different. Yeah. It's a little bit harder, right? So there's got to be something else that you're bringing to the fight that shows that, hey, they can give this giant return. So again, if I give you $25,000, to invest in your business or a hundred thousand dollars invest in your business. I want like a million dollars back. You know, mm -hmm. that's really what they're going for. So you got to ask yourself, honestly, does my business meet the requirements for a venture capital investment? Because mm -hmm. if it doesn't, you're going to be like the guy at seven 11 selling mixtapes, you know, when really you should be focusing on doing what you're doing now, which is driving sales, driving revenue and really uh, validating your business model and making it sustainable absolutely so educate yourself on that space first okay and look for apparel companies lululemon is a prime example that can be an aspirational brand but i don't think lululemon started out with venture capital investment i think they started out hustling mm -hmm. so you need to look for a brand that is similar to yours and look and see how were they able to you know raise capital and if they didn't raise capital how were they able to survive without it because one of the challenges that you're going to have is you're doing this venture but at the same time, right, how are you paying your bills, right? How are you covering your cost of living? How are you taking home a salary? You know, all these different things. And for apparel-based businesses, 
it's really, really hard, especially early on, because you got to sell a lot of apparel. Mm-hmm. And just like you said, you got to spend a lot of money on it. You know, you got to make sure that you got inventory, right? You got to house it somewhere. You got to have the website. Somebody's got to mail it and ship it. There's a lot of moving parts to this. And so these are things that we got to think through. And for a lot of founders, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to say it, particularly founders of color, we're bootstrapping. Yeah. You know, you're robbing Peter to pay Paul. So this <laughs> might be your full-time job that you're using to invest in that business to make sure you have the capital that you need to uh, fulfill your orders, purchase inventory, et cetera. Correct. And what was your last question? Amazing. I mean, I guess this is kind of this. I kind of have two more, but this last one goes into the, the grants and that type of thing. Investors, Shark Tank. How do you feel about it? So Shark Tank is a marketing. It's almost like a marketing ploy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But the thing that you have going for you, your NFL cheerleader, mm-hmm. your Air Force veteran. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, what did I miss? And the entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Right. So you might be very appealing to that audience. And a lot of what you're going to be able to get out of something like a Shark Tank would be even if you don't get to the investment. Right. A lot of people are going to go to your website. You're going to get a lot of traffic. But here's the deal. Right. And this is the challenge for a lot of entrepreneurs these days, because by by in my humble opinion, and if y'all are listening and I'm wrong, tell me, but I do not believe virality is a business model, not a sustainable business model. So, you know, you get the PR, you get all this traffic to your website, everybody's loving it, blah, blah, blah. Then guess what? The next day it goes down a little bit. Next day it goes down a little bit. Next day it goes down a little bit, right? And before you know it, you got to get back on TV. You got to paint yourself red. You got to do something crazy like a lot of people are doing on social media to try to stay constant attention. And what we're going for is what are the moves that we need to do that are going to allow us to be sustainable without the virality? the virality hits it's good but we still got a business model in place to sustain us so again this is i'm doing targeted outreach to you know former collegiate athletes female athletes that are serving in the military or veterans and i'm doing outreach i'm doing a podcast i'm inviting them on my show to tell their story i'm doing something right i'm doing blog posts right that could be a good marketing strategy for you just reaching out to these athletes doing some blog posts on them talking about their experience of being a collegiate athlete then serving in the military and then boom you insert your brand and you don't make it about your brand you make it about them right and your brand is the platform that they're able to express themselves through because when they're wearing this cloak wearing this clothing when they're doing all these different things right they're in your brand you know you're drawing them in so you're making it about them and not about you so these are things and for our first-time founders that are tuning in, when you're starting out, hell, not even first-time founders, entrepreneurs in general, it can get so overwhelming and like, oh, my God, I got all this stuff to do. I don't know where to spend my time and effort. Yeah. Focus on driving revenue. That is your number one priority. What are you doing to drive revenue? And it's going to come down to really sales early on. And who are you focused on driving sales with? Right? right? And backwards planning. What is your messaging? So, you know, how are you showing up to these people? What does that email template look like? Does, what does that Instagram message look like when you're doing targeted outreach, right? Focus on one to three things that you're going to do, and then that's it. And then go get 100 customers, right? Get that revenue, and then reassess and say, okay, 
Now I got my hundred customers. I did 20,000 in revenue. Now I need to get a hundred thousand in revenue. So what do I need to do to make that happen and start backwards planning on throughout this process? Mm. You're genius, Mike. Cool. Okay. <laughs> I guess I just have one last little thing. Um, and I guess it rolls into exactly what you're saying, getting the sales and getting those people to see what this is all about. I'm thinking about doing like a tour, like a pop-up shops, probably like what your girlfriend is doing or something like that. How do you feel about that? And I'm going to probably target the academies and kind of do that type of vibe. Like, how do you feel about pop-up shops? So pop-up shops are not a bad place to validate you have something people are willing to pay for. Okay. But one of the challenges with pop-up shops is sometimes pop-up shops can be distracting from the work that we really need to be doing, right? Because again, it's the opportunity cost. So how long does it take to set up for a pop-up, drive across town, do all this kind of stuff, right? So let's say in between prepping for the pop-up shop, driving there, et cetera, all that kind of stuff. Let's say it's like a 15-hour ordeal, yeah. okay? How much is your time worth as a CEO of Torch, right? And where else can you go to fish where the fish are? The challenge with a lot of pop-up shops is they're like a mall. Now, granted, people go to malls because they want to spend money. But the other challenge with malls, there's a lot of noise. You know, there's a lot of noise at the mall. So if you don't go to if you don't go to a, a good pop-up, there's a chance or you know you get hit or miss on sales. So it's a great opportunity for exposure. It's a great opportunity for people to see your brand. But at the same time, right, you might get lost in the sea of a hundred other random pop-ups that are there. So I'm a proponent of what is going to put us in the best position to get in front of our perfect customer, right? So for you, an opportunity could be going to talk to female athletes, right? About serving in the military, about, you know, all this different stuff, right? Like what is the value add that you can bring to go talk to this ideal customer of yours like where are they already spending their time what groups are they a part of you know and how can you get in front of them and does that make more sense than spending all day at a pop-up you know if you got somebody that's a motivational speaker or something to come in and talk to some female athletes or maybe you organize a meetup of female athletes in your area you know you kind of talk about balancing that you know uh athleticism and you know being a veteran and all this other stuff with you know femininity i don't know if i'm butchering this word y'all i apologize i am a marine grunt um, but you know where can you bring this group together or better yet where are they already together you just talked about the national um cheer associations and all that kind of stuff what other female cheerleaders just so happen to be veterans whether in college or in uh, or ROTC and are doing it in college or veterans that are NFL cheerleaders, et cetera. Like, how can you guys all come together and create something, you know, to tell your stories? How can you give them a platform? It could be in person, right? It can be, um, you know, it can be video. It can be a newsletter. It can be something. But that might be a better way to be more strategic and get the best bang for your buck. Because what I don't want y'all to do, I don't want y'all to spend all your time at pop-ups and not have good ROI on it because it is a lot of work. Um, and I just want to position you all. I want to help you all put yourselves in the best positions to succeed. That's so smart. That's so smart. Yeah. I mean, from you saying that, I'm thinking instead maybe just 
doing a pop-up shop close to the Air Force Academy. Maybe Academy. Maybe I'm going there and speaking to their cheerleading team or something like that and talking and teaching them stuff. And then they naturally go to my page and they naturally go to, you know, tour and stuff like that. And that's definitely a better use of my time. Or maybe if I'm going in that area, say we're going to all meet up here at this time and we're going to talk about this instead of making like that type of way about going about it. That's That's very smart. Lean into that Penn State network too. Okay. We are Penn State, right? Yes, yeah. I would look up every Penn State business owner, mm-hmm. you know, look up what relationships you have at Penn State where people are working at, you know, uh, the Dick Sporting Goods of the world or these apparel companies, right? Because I'm pretty sure they have a pretty strong exercise science department, you know, sure. and that could be a good way for you to test your product with them mm-hmm. and say, hey, you know, I'm an Air Force veteran female cheerleader from Penn State, et cetera. I'm creating this luxury athletic brand. I would love to work with your department of kinesiology and all this other stuff, right? And now Penn State has a potential to be your Trojan horse, you know, because, hey, you're coming there with them. They're doing some innovation. You're getting their feedback. You're letting them know what your challenges are. You're leveraging the Penn State, you know, um, uh, they got these MBA consortium classes, but lean into, lean into, the kinesiology department at Penn State, lean into the MBA programs at Penn State, because for listeners, right, all across the country, they have these MBA programs. And in order to get practical experience, they work with small businesses. So you'll get a team assigned to your brand, right? And then they'll work with you to help you develop a marketing plan and strategy plan and all this other stuff. But for you, you want to get some traction within the Penn State network. You want to get some traction amongst Air Force veterans because that's where your brand is going to be the strongest and they're going to help you elevate it. And that's going to give you a strong foundation. So that's my advice, you know, of where to focus your efforts. And again, you're part of the Bunker Labs ecosystem now. So there's tons of programs. We got veterans and residents. We got, uh, <laughs> we've got veterans. I apologize. I'm going blank. We got veterans and residents. We've got our CEO circle. And then we've got our launch lab online. So is there anything else, anything else you want to get off your chest before we let you go today? She's in uniform, y'all. She got to get back after. She got to plan that DD-214 and everything else under the sun. God, I know. No, gosh, I mean, this is so helpful. I I didn't think I'd get this much out of this. So I really, really appreciate it, Mike. Like, I'm going to just start going after it. Picking one one to three things and going after it. Driving that revenue. Can you tell our listeners... Give some advice as they start to approach their own transition as somebody who is currently in the fight. I would say that it is okay to be nervous and it is okay to feel like you are lost sometimes, but don't ever just stop and think that that is the answer. Rest, recuperate, get into a better mental space, do something that really makes you happy, go work out, do something, and then retackle. And just start thinking that at the end of the day, there's no other option but success. I love it. So we're going to follow your journey. I'm excited to see how far we get with uh, Torch this year, you know, and uh, see what lessons you, lessons you apply to it. And I want to clarify something, right? One of the things I talked about was our three programs. Our three programs are actually veterans and residents. Okay. okay. We've got CEO circle, and then we've got our ambassador program. And ambassadors are the, the, the bunker labs, community leaders that are out 
in the community organizing um, meetups and you know just they're really the best anchor to bunker labs you know all across the country so you can seek out an ambassador the other thing i want you to think about is we have a breaking barriers workshop series for entrepreneurs that are in the early stages of going from zero to hero and we just rolled out the application for that as well so i want you to look up the breaking barriers workshop series and i'll be included to uh put that into the show notes and again uh we're excited to follow your journey you're in the early stages of transition and i hope the advice i was given wasn't too much pushing you know <laughs> but i've just you know we've seen the pattern recognition over and over within the bunker working with so many entrepreneurs and i really want this podcast to be a resource for those of you that are tuning in that you can apply a lot of the stuff we talked about today with haley in your own venture and so before we go one thing i want to do is I want to make sure I acknowledge what brought us here today, which is Bunker Labs, a national network of veteran and military spouse entrepreneurs dedicated to growing the next generation of veteran and military spouse uh, entrepreneurs. So be sure to get plugged into the Bunker Lab ecosystem by visiting our website, bunkerlabs.org, and select the city nearest to you. Uh, we have programs to take you from ID to invoice, incubate you, and position you to go alongside other founders and CEOs. Make sure you register today by clicking connect at bunkerlabs.org. And also be sure to subscribe to the Transition Podcast and newsletter on Substack at the link in the low, at the link below. I release a newsletter at least once a week. You can leave a comment about each episode. And if you have any questions about your own venture, be sure to post them as well. I'm always looking for content and I learn to love about what you all are struggling with in your own venture. If you'd like to contribute to the newsletter with a post of your own or be a guest on this show, shoot me an email at mike.stedman at bunkerlabs.org. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, peace, love, and have a great rest of your week.